Hello, and welcome to the Education Technology Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Sam Kingma. For many elementary school students, reading definitions from the textbook is just one of the many ways they consume the knowledge they need for high school and beyond. But once they get to high school, learning is really only done through the textbook, leaving more visually minded and creative learners in the dust. In comes Study Tracks, a service that posts a variety of fun, catchy songs that teach material from math to history. Joining us today is the creator and CEO of Study Tracks, George Hammond Hagen, to discuss the reception of Study Tracks from students and teachers, as well as the need for more diverse ways for high school students to learn their material. How you doing, George? Yeah, Sam, I'm really good, thank you, Self. Excellent, I'm excellent. So I wanted to start off this interview by asking if you can explain to the audience what exactly Study Tracks is. Ah, oh, really good question. So. Imagine this, the concept is really simple. Imagine being able to recall your, um, your education text, like something about DNA, as easy as you could recall, let's say, Bruno Mars's 24 karat magic. You know, that in essence is what Study Tracks is. We take the school curriculum, distill it down to the salient points, and then we put it to music, and make it sound incredible so that kids can listen to it and encode information really quickly and recall it really effectively. This sounds like a really fun, interesting, genuinely great idea. How did you come up with it? Well, you know, um, a few years ago, my son was taking his exit exams in the UK. And, um, you know, a 15-year-old wants to sit down with his uh, headphones on and just wants to keep, you know, playing on his phone. And that's what my son was doing when he was supposed to be studying. And, you know, I'm a songwriter and producer by trade. I spend a lot of time in the the music industry for over 20 years. So um, one day when he was just sat down with headphones on, scrolling through um, Spotify or something for literally 15 minutes, I thought, what if the music he was looking for could actually help him? What if it was actually something useful? So I took um, a physics book that was on his desk and I kind of put it to Fat Joe's Lean Back and played it to him. And he lost his mind. He's like, oh, my God, this is incredible. But the penny really dropped for both of us a week later when he had um, a physics lesson. And they just happened to be talking about the content that I put to music. And he recalled everything. And he came back bouncing off the walls about this physics lesson. And he hated physics. So, you know, I was looking at him like, wait a second, you're excited about physics. You know, and then it just went from there. I just started creating more tracks, um, played them to him. He played them to his friends. I've got my brother involved um, who I used to work with in the music industry. He just lost his mind. And then it grew from there. We went from zero to now what, over a quarter of a million kids are using the app now. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, and you mentioned that when you first came up with the idea, your, your son was 15. What grade range is study tracks geared towards? So in the US, it's um, nine through 12. So we look at the, in, in, whichever, in whichever territory we're in, we look at the um, high schoolers, the, the ones who are taking their exit exams, because what we found is that with the younger age groups, there's a, you know, there's a whole plethora of products and things out there that they can use. You know, there's this middle age when you go into, um, in the UK, when kids are from, 11 through 14, there's not that much that's there to support them. But then when they hit exam level, it's just books upon books upon books. And it's the same thing in the US. You've got this gap in the middle, and then when they're hitting their exit um, years, then there's just loads of books. But what I found is that 
you know, this generation of kids don't really want to be sat there with books. So we've created something that is aimed squarely at those um, kids who are taking those really meaningful exit exams so it can go on to the next level of their education with with a lot of momentum and a lot of choice now does study tracks focus on like just one or two subjects like math or science for instance or does it actually cover the whole gambit of subjects oh we 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 go wide and we go deep so um, we've got everything from the sciences to um, math to world history to u.s history to english literature english language art um history geography you know and we're adding more we're, we're constantly adding more content we've got what something like 1300 tracks on the app at the moment and in the next few weeks we're going to be adding about 200 more so uh yeah it's, it's a growing um, library of music that's a lot of songs how many contributors do you have oh geez <laughs> we have a few um we have the, the the way we create our content is we work with a number of teachers in whichever territory we're working in. So we work with um, a, heads, a head of a uh, geography department or a head of a math department, and they let us know what is the stuff that we need to make sure we include on these tracks. And they help us break it down to the key elements that kids really need to know, the concepts that they really need to get locked in so that they can really progress with that subject or do well in an exam. And then we turn that into what you hear on study tracks so we put them put it to music and you know create all these um really interesting meters that get stuck in your head and we've got what in the us we've got a team of about um five artists that we work with the same in the uk same in france what have been some of the biggest challenges for you and for study tracks you know one of the biggest challenges is you know really kind of locking down the content because when we first started we we thought you know what let's stick with the um sciences and maths because whether you're in the uk or the us the concepts are going to be really quite sim similar um what we found is always nuances there's little changes in um, the language in the uk we say um gradient in the us you say slope we say brackets you say parentheses so there's little nuances in language but then what we find when we're trying to make sure that our product is standards align there's a lot of content that you need to make sure you cover you can't miss anything out so for us there's this real responsibility that we hold when we go into the studio to create more content because kids are relying on it you know you you if you do something wrong then you've completely lost their confidence. So we really, we, you know, for us, we're in the business of helping these kids and helping teachers um, gain more confidence in and out of the classroom. So, you know, we that's our biggest challenge is making sure that every bit of content that goes on the platform is correct and standard aligned. And how do most high school students find out about study tracks? You know, there's different journeys. So, um, when when we grew from zero to um, thirty five thousand users initially in the first sort of like three or four weeks of, of our existence, that was all through um, social media. You know, we we were hitting face Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, all the usual suspects, and we just got a really strong uptake. And then you get this whole word of mouth thing that goes on, where you know a kid uses it, they've gone from a C grade to an A grade in a particular subject, 
they're going to talk about it. So then their friends start using it. And then we start continuing with the messaging on all, all the digital channels. And then it just starts, it just grows from there. So most, most kids find us through either word of mouth or through digital channels or, you know, we'll, we'll do events or we'll go to a school and we'll, we'll do a, um, a study track showcase where we introduce them to this new way of um, learning. And it's amazing when you see the pennies drop, when, when you put on the first track and they just look at you like, what is this manna from heaven? Where the hell is it? You know, they, they just see it in their eyes. It's like, this is incredible. And then, you know, so there's so many ways. And I think what we really try and do is just make sure that um, our messaging is available where these kids are consuming their media. So kids, really positive views on study tracks. What about school faculty? Do you find that most teachers and stuff like study tracks? Yes, you know what? That's really interesting because when we first created study tracks, it was one of these things where I was like, you know what? I just want kids to be into it. If teachers don't like it, so be it. And, you know, people told me that teachers will hate it because it's, you know, you're going, you're being too disruptive. But every single time we took study tracks into schools to do, um, you know, focus groups or anything, the teachers lost their minds. And, you know, they were saying, look, how, can, how do we get study tracks into the classroom? And my thing is, well, how would you use it? And they would give us loads of different use case scenarios. And then from that, you know, they, they, they talked about flipping the classroom where, you know, traditionally a flipped classroom, the kids are still doing the same type of homework. They're still looking, reading in books and trying to cram ahead of the class to, you know, try and hit the ground running. Whereas this, you can just, a teacher can say, okay, um, we're about to learn DNA next week. What I want you to do is listen to this tra to DNA on study tracks, take the quiz, and then next week when they come into the lesson, they've already got all of that key foundational um, messaging that they need in order to move forward. So teachers find that they can offload a lot of the heavy lifting on a subject to our platform and then they can then come in and do all the stuff that gets really interesting because learning what DNA is, it's okay, it's nice. But learning what you can do with DNA once you've understand once you've understood the fundamentals, that's where the subject gets interesting for both the student and the teacher. So when you can get to that higher level stuff a lot quicker, it means that you've got a load of kids who are one engaged and two have got more prospects of hitting higher marks. So schools all the ones that we've been working with are absolutely loving it and reporting exactly that back to us. Excellent. So since teachers have been very receptive to study tracks, have you guys been able to set up any form of licensing deals so that they can actually play your songs in the classroom? Well, what, what we're doing, we, we've um, created a whole new um, schools platform for uh, the schools. It's completely web-based and what it allows schools to do is buy a number of um, licenses for their um, site and then what it allows the teachers to do is loads of little things like they can create bespoke playlists for a particular class or an individual student so maybe a student may be deficient in one area of physics maybe around sound wave a teacher could just create a playlist send it to that individual kid or send it to the class as a whole they can create bespoke quizzes or use the quizzes that we've got we've got thousands of questions on the app they can um, 
you know, create and send homework to them. And then everything's auto graded. Everything then gets um, um, put into reports that they can export to their uh, whatever student management system they're using. So it helps create this whole holistic view of the student's progress. So it allows teachers to do a lot more than just play tracks in class. It gives them a real um, entry point to get students to really engage from an early um, point, but then also frees up a hell of a lot of time in the classroom for teachers to do a lot more than they would normally get to do if they're doing the more traditional stand and deliver uh, method of teaching. Do you find that on this app where you connect with teachers that they're actually giving you recommendations for, hey, you should cover this subject in history or science or something like that? Oh, oh, absolutely. I love that. That is one of the ways we grow our content. So we, you know, we look at the um, curriculum and we build out the kind of core of it, the, the stuff that is um, taught coast to coast. But then what you find in um, different regions and different districts, there's other nuances. So teachers will say, oh, it'd be great if you could do, I don't know, um, health. So we added a, um, a health um, uh, topic. There was another one where we found in a lot of schools, we we're seeing that there was a gap between what kids knew in math at um, middle school to what they were meant to know in math at high school. So what we ended up doing with a number of schools in California was creating a um, a, a, a introductory or a, or a more basic level of math that allowed the kids to really kind of lock in the early skills that they needed in order to be able to hit the ground running when they're in high school. And, you know, this was something like another 35 tracks and we turned that around in about 12 days. So we, one of the things we love doing is working really closely with schools to for them to say, you know, you, you've got um, Romeo and Juliet, it'd be great if we had Othello. And, you know, we, we'll add it. You know, we, 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 we love doing that. What do you think's on the horizon for the future of learning? Uh, you know, for me, I think you, you're going to start moving towards a more um, blended approach to learning. You know, we're seeing increasingly because there's so many demands now placed on um, the teachers, but the amount of time they've got to do everything hasn't changed. You're starting to see a lot more of this flipped classroom where kids are having to do some of their heavy lifting on their own. So what I'm seeing in the future is a more um, blended approach where technology is integrated more fully into the um, general teaching that goes on in the classroom and at home. And I think, you know, when you start kind of separating the wheat from the chaff and actually seeing how good technology can have such a positive impact on the classroom and on the teacher's daily life, you're going to see a real explosion in the kind of um, um, uptake in good tech rather than just tech for tech's sake. Excellent. I got one more question for you, and it's why, in your own words, do you think students benefit from using study tracks? So um, as far as the students benefiting from study tracks, is it's a number of things. I think, firstly, um, they're able to encode information really quickly and recall it really effectively. It's something that helps level the playing field. So those students who may get overlooked because they don't learn in a traditional form, this gives them an entry point. It gives a way, it's a fantastic way for kids to engage, but more importantly, it allows them to study anywhere and everywhere. So the learning environment becomes wherever you put your headphones on. 
Thank you for coming out, George, and thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe for previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Sam Kingma, and you have a fantastic rest of your day.